Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another episode of the Better Together podcast. I am your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And we have a dear friend of ours back on the show again, uh, Laura Baber. She was with us a little bit ago sharing about spiritual direction and what that is. Um, But today we have wanted to have her back because she is... um, I don't know if you can be an expert in prayer, but Laura has a lot of experience with prayer and has led a lot of people deeper to God in prayer. So Laura, welcome. Thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, it's always good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So Laura, what what is prayer? Let's well, just start with the, with the big, the nebulous, what is prayer? That's a good question. It's simply intimacy with God. That's it. It's how we are connected and how we relate to God in our inner being, intimacy with God. That's awesome. And, you know, why you can, are there multiple styles? Why is it helpful to have different styles of ways we pray? Well, it's kind of like we have different levels and styles of intimacy with human beings, of connection point and communication with human beings. And each one of us is wired uniquely and differently. And so it's like a a beautiful um, diamond. There are so many facets to a diamond, so many facets to a prayer. There's no wrong way. There's how do we communicate and connect with God? Um, How do we enter into intimacy? And there's a myriad of different ways to do it. Uh, I would invite you to uh, just notice if shame, if the word should, is ever creeping up in your life of prayer. And if it is, that's never of God. That's always the accuser. God is the encourager, the lifter of our heads. And so um, it's helpful to try a lot of different styles. And as we grow and mature as human beings, we have different encounters. It's like um, a child who can uh, start with milk and then as an adult have a steak dinner. You, you, um, we all have different ways of encountering God, of taking the presence of God in um, throughout the course of our life and it changes and that's okay. So if you start out one way, it might be that in a different season, a different way of praying is a good fit. Very much so. It, 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 that's life-giving to have different ways of prayer throughout the course of one's life. Yeah. So what, go ahead. What are some misconceptions then about prayer? Would you say you, you define what it is, what it, what is it not, or what are some common misconceptions? I think again, that's really rooted in the shame aspect. Many people, I think in our culture have been um, crippled with spiritual abuse Mm. And feel very ashamed, feel like if God uh, saw their inner being, that they wouldn't be lovable, Mm. they wouldn't be loved. And that is a big misnomer. So I think what holds a ton of people back from intimacy with God is if God really knew me, he wouldn't love me. Wow. 
And, um, and that's a big fat lie. God loves us just as we are. And, um, and so for God, so loved the world, not when the world got its act together, just mm-hmm. right at the moment, God loves yeah. the world. Um, and so uh, that's, I think, the biggest fallacy. The other is that I have to get it right. And I love that you started out that you're not sure that there are prayer experts. That is bingo jingo. I mean, I'm regularly in moments where I have to lean into that scripture that says, Lord, teach me how to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do right now. And scripture tells us we can ask for help and the Holy Spirit will sort the words out. The minute they come out of us, the, then uh, God, or the minute we even think them, I think that scripture says that the Holy Spirit perfects our prayers as they uh, reach God. So as they connect with God, so we don't have to get it right. Um, we don't have to worry about whether we're lovable or not. We are lovable, and uh, God just wants a soft heart, wants relationship with us right where we are. Amen. That's really good. As I've heard some people say, well, I just don't pray as well as you do. I'm like, you pray the way you need to as God's child. Like, but it's, it's, we should all pray differently, like, because we're all uniquely wired. And so God is, you, we are all God's favorite children, and God wants to meet with us and hear from us and that is great. I, I sometimes really am challenged with the American church where we all look and sound alike, because when do you have to look and sound like everybody else? That's an adolescence, right? Teenagers get their identity from peer connections. And do I look like, what are you wearing tonight? What do you, you know? So I long for the, the, church in America to grow into maturation where we can might be the only person in the flock that prays like you do. And that's okay. That we can be distinct and strong in who God's created us to be. And it might be very, very different. That's true diversity. And it's beautiful. Well, Laura, what are some different styles of prayer? I mean, I imagine there's some folks listening that might think, well, you, you just pray like, and they have in their mind what prayer looks like, but what are some different styles of prayer? Sure. Uh, one that's really helpful is the prayer of quiet or settling. And so uh, may I guide you in that a little bit? That would be great. Um, a, a fun uh, process is just to settle, to still your body. And if it helps to close your eyes, do. So uh, if you're not comfortable with closing your eyes, you might want to look out a window or maybe look at your palms or light a candle. And then just take a moment and take a few deep breaths and notice anything in your body that's antsy, that's fidgety. Breathe into that and then release that antsiness, that anxiety, releasing it to Christ, letting yourself with each inhale sink deeper and deeper into kind of a rest Noticing any places in our bodies where we are holding on to energy or uh, pain, anxiety, welcoming the breath of God in, releasing again that to Christ. It's helpful to ask as you notice anything going on in your mind or your body, just asking, what's that about? And seeing what the Lord reveals in the quiet as you continue to breathe. And then as you ask, what's going on internally? 
invite um, a change, invite uh, a movement. Is there anything I need to do to, um, to alter, to let go, to calm down? Just listen. And so that process of settling, ceasing and releasing is a really helpful uh, way to pray. I invite people to do that regularly, particularly at threshold moments. So a threshold moment is anytime we're going from one environment to another, Hmm. like when you're about to get out of your car or when you just get in your car, that's a threshold moment. When you're about to answer your phone or look at your phone, maybe pause for just a minute and do a two second breath in of welcoming Christ in and releasing any anxiety. That can be, yeah, two seconds or it can be five minutes or whatever length of time. Some people might call that the breath prayer, um, but it's just simply a, a ceasing, a calming. It's very integral in the mindfulness movement. Laura, I've heard you say before, sometimes we're going so quickly that when we stop, it's like you're slamming on the brakes in a car and the car may stop, but everything inside the car keeps going forward. And going, so yeah. like that, when we come, even just to sit down before the Lord, we come and all of a sudden we're, we might be sitting, but everything inside of our mind is still racing. Right, right. And even our body and all the trauma research is showing that our body does hold the uh, difficult situations we've been through. And so it's really helpful to the body to release it. Uh, in that breath of exhale, releasing. I'm not a big on releasing it out into the universe. I love to send it to Jesus because yeah. yeah. he could do something with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are some other styles? Okay. So I love prayer of the ordinary. This is one often um, I work with parents of young children. And since that's you two, this is a really helpful one. This is where you take, and this is from Richard Foster's wonderful book, Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home. He talks a lot about praying the ordinary. That's where you take an ordinary object and you uh, let it uh, prayer prompt you Uh, with something. So let's say you are pouring milk on cereal for your girls, Callie and Roz, and you can pray out loud um, a prayer about milk. For example, um, uh, as I'm pouring this milk, I pray that this milk makes your bones strong today because you are strong and courageous. And, or another one, what I pray for the children who don't have milk today. Yeah. And I pray that God, you um, help the milk get to them that's in the world. Or I pray that uh, our community experiences the milk and honey of God. So you see those are, you use an ordinary object and you pray it out loud. That can actually be fun, become a fun game when you're driving in the car. Let's prayer prompt. Um, let's prayer drive this uh, trip to school. And it's like I spy, but with prayer, you just pray in ordinary stuff. It, it turns, uh, you can prayer walk your community with that. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. I feel like that would bless the kids as well as the grownups. And yeah. Everyone a little more mindful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to pray. So another one that's really helpful, and it's kind of an extended version of that releasing prayer we started, but it's a prayer of lament. And this is where the Psalms can be super helpful. But if you find that you uh, have losses and who doesn't, 
God has given us a wonderful way of prayer called lament. Um, and there are a number of psalms that are lament psalms. Typically, they bring they begin with a declaration of who God is. So you name who God is. God, I believe you are. And you just fill that in with whatever you believe about God. And then you just get real with God. Um, and I love to guide people in this kind of prayer with the prayer prompt of God. Um, I give to you the pain of, or I give to you the loss of, and you name your losses. You name the hard stuff. And it, in the naming, something happens. I don't understand the mystery, but your know, naming is powerful throughout scripture. In the beginning, Adam named the animals. Naming is just very powerful. And so when we name our losses and in a release to God, something happens within us. Um, and then uh, we listen. God, what do you say about this? What do you notice? What are you showing me? What do you hear? And then uh, we close with a gratitude. God, thank you for. Um, I love to, after that prayer of lament, to invite people to imagine. So this is kind of a fourth prayer, the prayer style, but to imagine what it looks like when those words are spoken and go to Christ, to actually picture that transition of the loss from your body to the body of Christ mm. and imagine what that looks like and see what he does with the loss. And I've seen that to be so powerful in healing people. That's awesome. Amen. I know you and I've talked about this before, but losses sometimes are tied with good things too. Oh, I know yeah. for me, like having kids and pregnancy was such an exciting thing, but also there was the loss of who I was before these amazing kids took over my life and took control. And there, there were just things that, we're no longer going to be part of the season of life I was entering in. And I had to do some naming of those losses and lifting up to God before I could move into the season I'm in. So um, there was also some shame with that. I know we've talked before about, you know, shame's not of God. Um, so it, you know, that freedom in naming it, brings it into the light and it takes away the shame. And I know that was freeing for me. So for our listeners, just know that, you know, if, even if you feel ashamed of the loss you're feeling it, it's okay. It's still, if it's a loss for you, it's a loss. And God wants to take that loss. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Any other prayer practices that you find particularly helpful for people? Okay. Yeah. I just, there are a million, yeah, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, this is one that I call it's creative prayer. And I lead a contemplative creative group on Thursdays where you take, um, uh, uh you get color or shape. Uh, so it might be, um, just say you've got a couple colored markers, some of your kids crayons and paper, and you, you take, uh, a, it can be a scripture. It can be, um, a, a poem or a song. And then you put whatever you're experiencing to color. To, you move the color on the, the page without thinking in advance, without any um, pre-planning. You just put color to page. And then later, uh, you could look back and ask the Lord to reveal what, what you might need to know about whatever that color is. And 
whatever color you, it doesn't have to be good. It can be very childlike, but it becomes a metaphor, a way for God to communicate what's in your spirit back to you. And so uh, it is a powerful, powerful tool of interpretation of soul work uh, when we allow the creative spirit to come out through color and shape. I love to do that with collages, actually. And I collect old bits of paper and then uh, sometimes I'll put quiet music on. Sometimes I'll just take a prompt from scripture or a poem or something and I'll put it to paper with the collage pages. And then later I go back and say, Lord, what were you trying to tell me in the collection of these bits of color, shape, movement? That's so awesome. I feel like a lot of times the church doesn't embrace the arts as much, which yeah. is funny because, you know, you think back in history and there've been times where, you know, art artists were commissioned to do amazing works for churches, but that's kind of gotten pushed out of a lot of churches. So I love that invitation. God's a creative God and God will often work through a different part of our brain in that. I mean, that can be manifest in so many different ways. It could be movement. You put on a song that moves your soul and you dance to it or you move to it. And then later sit and uh, begin to ask the Lord, what were you trying to show me in that movement? Mm -hmm. uh, it can be done with um, any creative act. Only God is the creator. And any creative movement that occurs through us, I believe, is a prompt of the spirit. Um, and so uh, I'm a gardener. So when I do a flower bed, I can go back and look later and say, Lord, what were you trying to tell me in the placement of rocks there? I just felt like they were to go there. But now I want to sit with that and contemplate why did the rocks need to be there? Um, and, uh, it can be so rich to let the creative creativity just flow without editing it and then go back and sit and contemplate it. It's a real, really beautiful way to integrate the internal and external of our lives. That's great. Laura, can you say a little more about the prayer with imagination? Because I know you kind of touched on that, but you know, with the lifting of love. Yeah. So for those are like, uh, 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 spiritual formation nerds, you'll want to touch into Ignatius. St. Ignatius really did beautiful work with prayer of the imagination. I love to do guided imagery prayer where we take a scripture, a song, a poem, words, and invite people to imagine that in their, um, in, in their spirit and just sit with it. And then, uh, so for example, um, uh, was, uh, this this week, the lectionary is on that Lucan passage from six where Jesus um, uh, is with Simon and is inviting him to cast the net in another place. It's where he recruits the disciples. Do you remember that? And so um, the passage begins uh, with Jesus coming down to a level place and uh, and then he heals the multitudes and then he looks up and tells the disciples um, it's the beginning of the Beatitudes, really. And, and so he tells the disciples, um, you're blessed if you're poor. So guided imagery is reading that uh, scripture and then inviting people to imagine the level place on their journey. Mm -hmm. When they imagine that level place, what details do they notice when they imagine this place? And can Jesus accompany them on that level place? And what happens when the presence of Christ accompanies them there? 
And what is Jesus? Who are the people they're concerned about? Who are the multitudes that they see joining Jesus in that level place? And how is Jesus at work healing them? And then I invite um, I invite folks to think about the difficult places in their own journey. And can um, what is Jesus saying to bless those difficult places? And to listen for that in the quiet. And I invite them to write those out. And those become their own beatitudes. Mm. Yeah. So that's it's a whole it's taking scripture. Another form of that is to plant yourself right in the story and picturing yourself you're in the multitude. Yep. And what do you see when you're in the multitude or you are the disciple and what's the perspective that you see in that? There are a lot of different ways to do that. But if uh, anybody uh, wants to Google guided imagery prayer, there's a lot out there on that. And there's a lot of beautiful examples of that out in the world. I know I've used it a lot with intercessory prayer. When I'm praying for someone in a situation, often I'll imagine Jesus in that situation with that person and just kind of notice for what Jesus is doing when I'm praying for others. And I don't know, it just it just helps me and almost gives me the words to pray sometimes in situations where I have no clue what to pray. Right. That's most of the time for me, Cal. I know. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've done is um, in... I do it at times as I put my wooden cross that we got from Jerusalem made of that wood and hold on to that as I'm praying or if I'm walking into a situation where I'm uncertain about how the outcome is going to go or a tough conversation, I'll yeah. grab it, touch it, sometimes hold it while I'm doing that, depending on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's been pretty uh, encouraging to do, I would say. That's a good point, Roz, because. We God gave us five senses, and those are the ways that we encounter the divine. That's how transcendence occurs. It's through our five senses. So for you to touch something is a really powerful way God's used your body for the divine to transport between your soul and the world and vice versa. Good work there. Yeah. Laura, these have been such good practices. I mean, any, any closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, um, I just invite people to be free. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. So have fun with this. Delight yourself in this. It's not supposed to be grueling. (laughs) It's supposed to be delightful, like God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Really delightful. So I pray that it is so for all. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. And to our listeners, I pray you've gotten to experience a few different prayer practices during this podcast itself, perhaps. But whatever one, you don't have to do all of them. You can experiment with the different ones. But I just encourage you, if there was one that stuck out to you, try at least one of these new prayer practices this week and see how God might meet you in that. Until next time, remember, we are better together. God bless.